Okay, Bruchem Abayim, welcome everyone. We continue in the Yarchais Chaim of the Rush. We're learning Ois Kuf, number 100. I guess if it's number 100, it's got to be important. You know, it's interesting. The letter Kuf, the Sfarim teach us, is a reference to the name of Hashem. Because Kuf is spelled Kuf Vav Pei, numerically valued at 186. 186, which is Gematria Makaim, which is the name of Hashem. And Uf Oiskuf is the shortest one, and perhaps the most important. Says the Rosh, Al Tevahel Ma'asacha. Do not hasten, confound your actions. Do not act with haste. Do not act in a state of confoundment. Uh... Rav Goldberg explains that the emphasis is do not be mevahel ma'asav. Meaning, even in a situation where a person has a reason to be confounded and mevuhal, for example, David Amelk says, sometimes, when Hashem hides his face, we are confounded. Or in the Pasuk, v'navshi ma'oid, Hashem ad in other words, there are times where a person is legitimately, justifiably in a state of Bahala. Nevertheless, a person should not act in Bahala. Should not act in haste, in without deliberation. It's brought in the name of Chaim Vital. Do not hastily do any action or say anything until you're deliberate and you ask yourself, should I do this? Should I say this? Or maybe I shouldn't. Kipri hamihiros hapesizos charata. The fruit of haste is regret. The only thing that will come from haste is regret. And there's no way to retrieve it. There's no way to correct it. And we study some of these sins throughout our history. What was the sin of the Chet Ho'ega? My Shabbat said, I'll be back in 40 days. So the Jewish people miscalculated and they figured, okay, it's uh, 40 days are over and they could not have the patience to wait one more day. And Moshe Rabbeinu came in the sixth hour. Moshe Rabbeinu came uh, a short while after. And that sin, the sin of the of uh, the Egal, which we still pay the price of, which we're still dealing with, it's still something that we are are accountable for, for, if we trace back the root cause of that sin, it was Bahola. It was the fact that we acted in haste. Now it's interesting, Archaim HaKadr says that that was the source of the sin of the Yitzhadas. There's an opinion that Yitzhadas was a Gefen. And Archaim HaKadr says that the plan was that Admarishan was going to wait and he would have eaten from the Yitzhadas on Shabbos. And he would have made Kiddush on that Gefen, but he couldn't wait. So think about it. The sin of the Egal, the sin of the Eitz Hadas. By the way, Shal HaMelech, the Plishtim, had gathered to attack Klal Yisrael with 30,000 chariots, 6,000 cavalry, more numerous than the sand, and he waited seven days that Shmuel told him, and Shmuel still did not return. And the people left and abandoned Shmuel. Uh, the people abandoned Shaul. 
and Shaul uh, didn't know what to do, so he brought a carbon. And just as he brought the carbon, Shmuel returned. Shmuel said, what do you do? You can't bring a carbon here. So Shaul uh, said, what do you want me to do? The people left me, and you didn't come. And the Plushtim are, they're advancing. And Shmuel said to Shaul, you acted foolishly, you didn't listen to God. Now your malchus will not be sustained. So Shaul lost his whole melucha because of this sin. He was in a matzav of Sakana from the Plishtim. The people left and he came to Bahala. He acted hastily. He acted without deliberation and he lost his whole malchus. Now, Rav Goldberg cites in the Sefer Oirach Yesharim, he brings that in Kelm, in the, in the base HaTalmud of Kelm. They would learn Archas Chaim of the Rosh every day at the end of Shachris, according to the enactment of the altar of Kelm. And they would say the Archais Chaim stanza by stanza. The Shleach Sibor would say it, and they would repeat after the Shleach Sibor. But when they got up to Al Tivahel Maasecha, they would elongate, they would say it longer, they would say it with more <coughs> emphasis, they would say it with more nigun, with more tune. Why? Because the cornerstone that all the Midas that Kelm was based on was Menuchas Hanefesh, Yishuv Hadas, a clear mind, a clear head. Excuse me. The foundation of all good character is based on acting in a level-headed manner. And therefore, the stanza of the Rush that they placed the most emphasis on was... Do not confound your actions. Now, in some Svarim, the Gersa is And that's the way they said it in Yeshivas, meaning, don't quickly do an action. Think well if you need to do it. The word Va'al means in proximity. Don't do the action immediately. But when it comes, in other words, before you decide to do something, deliberate. Wait. Don't just run into it. But once you decide to do the act, execute the act with hate, with zrizos. In other words, don't run to act. But when you've decided with Yishuv Hadas and deliberation that it's appropriate to act, the action should be conducted with energy and quickly. Now, it's interesting in Mesech the Sanhedrin, Sadi Be'ezam and Be'ezam, it brings Tani Devei Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Even at a time of Sakana, a person should not deviate from his Rabbanos. That means, uh, it says in Daniel, Ba'adin Govraya Ilech Kavtu Besarvelehoin Pashteyan Bekarvelasoin, that when Hanani Mishal Azar were thrown into the fire, they went in with their honorable garments, their robes, their kapata, their stramel. In other words, they went in bedecked in their finest rabbinic garb. Why? From here we see that even when a person is about to be killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, that is not a time to lose your equanimity. A person should never become flustered where they lose their equanimity because when a person is in a state of Bahala, they can't act level-headed. And Rav Goldberg cites that in fact the Kedosh Kelm who were killed al Kiddush Hashem, they did so with great equanimity and with peace of mind, without becoming 
flustered and losing their state of peace of mind. And the reason they were zaycha to that is because they spent their whole life training for this. In Kelm, this was the most important phrase. Al tevahel ma'asacha. Do not hasten your actions. Very interesting. Mordechai Pogarmansky, he brings in the name of the Dvar Avram of Kovna, that when they were in the Kovna ghetto, the Dvar Avram would say, we know the famous story of Hanukkah, the Yivanim entered the Heichal, and they contaminated all the oil in the Heichal, and when the Hashemunam were victorious, they searched, and they only found one jug of oil that was signed with the signet of the Kohen Gadol, and the Kovna Rav said that he is jealous of the merit of that Kayan Gadol who had the Yishuv Hadas and the level-headedness that in such great turmoil and chaos and tragedy he had the wherewithal to take one flask of oil that was still sealed and stow it, stow it away so that when the day would come that the Jewish people would return they would find the jug of oil. Can you imagine in the turmoil, in the chaos, in the tragedy of the time the, the Kohen Gadol had the wherewithal not to lose his equanimity and to plan for the future. It's very interesting. Um, usually, Rav Goldberg says, the manner of the rush is first, he says, to turn away from the trap of death. And then he writes what you should do to be illuminated by Arachayim. And here, he just writes in a very abridged version, don't be level, don't lose your equanimity, don't be hasty. And he doesn't say, okay, so what should you, yes, do? We'll conclude with this. The Alkut Shemoni brings that some say Yehuda killed Esav. When, when Yitzchak Avinu died, and Yaakov and Esav went to bury Yitzchak, and like it says, they were all in the Mara Samach Pela, and they were all crying, and they were all giving kavod to Yaakov. And Esau began to go to the Ma'ara, and Yehuda saw, and he saw that Esau went after him. He said, maybe he'll kill my dad. He saw that that Esau wanted to kill Yaakov. Yehuda killed Esau. Now, why didn't he kill him before him? Why didn't he kill him from um, Esau's face? Why from behind? Because he looked like Yaakov, so he didn't want to kill him from in front. He killed him from behind. Which means even at a very tenuous time like that, uh, a very uh, perilous time, he did not lose his equanimity and he was able to calculate, even when his sort of his life was on the line, to be able to act in the in the most um, proper way as possible. So that's the idea. No matter what the circumstances are, don't lose your equanimity. Okay, Rabbi Say, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Brach Have a great day. Kaltov.